This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Zach. The DNA results are in, and you are not the father. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> My name is Dalton Russell. Pay strict attention to what I say because I choose my words carefully and I never repeat myself. I've told you my name. That's the who. The where could most readily be described as a prison cell. But there's a vast difference between being stuck in a tiny cell and being in prison. The what is easy. Recently I planned and set in motion events to execute the perfect bank robbery. That's also the when. As for the why, beyond the obvious financial motivation, it's exceedingly simple. Because I can. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. Today we're talking inside man. We're inside that man. <laughs> wrong, wrong, <laughs> that wrong, came out movie, wrong. Wrong movie, wrong movie. <laughs> oh, I, I am not prepared for this film, then. I watched a completely different thing. <laughs> uh, give us the rundown, Zach. All right, so we got Inside Man. This movie came out in 2006, uh-huh. directed by Spike Lee. And boy, could I tell it was directed by Spike Lee. I don't like Spike Lee that I much. do not either. Uh, he makes very odd films. Yeah, and he's just very racist. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, openly just, like, hates white people, which is fine, yeah. I guess. I mean, but we no. do, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have like some some weird things that I have against this movie, but also weird things that I really liked about this movie. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that because Denzel Washington is once again our starring role in this. Yeah, he plays Detective Keith Frazier. That's spelt with a Z. Do not get that shit wrong. Correct. He does not like that. You have Jodie Foster in here mm-hmm. playing Madeline White. You have Willem Dafoe playing yeah. Captain John Darius. You have Clive. Owen? Yeah. Yep. There Clive Owen. Sorry, I got a water stain on my book, so. <laughs> From the tears that this movie brought you to. I thought it was Clive Oven for a <laughs> second. Uh, he plays Dalton Russell, who is your main villain in this. Yep. Uh, is he a villain, though? Not really. He's, the main villain is really Christopher uh, Plummer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, who is Arthur, the... Uh, the bank owner. Yeah. He owns the bank with his blood money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Chevetel Ijofo, or <laughs> Jaffa. Goddamn. <laughs> I knew this name it wasn't was gonna... even close. <laughs> How do you pronounce it then? <laughs> Go ahead. Try to pronounce this name. I dare you. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not going to try. Exactly. I'm not going to look like a fool. He's been in other movies, <laughs> but he plays Detective Bill Mitchell, yeah. which is a much easier name to pronounce. Yep. And those are really, like, your main cast of people. All right. And if you don't know what Inside Man is about, it's basically about, I would call it, I don't know if I would say a highly intelligent guy or just a dude who's done a lot of research. You know what he reminds me of? Uh, You ever seen the movie Seven? Yeah, of course. He reminds me of the serial killer where, like, very calm, collected, and very intelligent. Mm -hmm. Like, to the point where... I'm almost on his side because I see, like, what he's doing yeah. and why he's doing yeah. it. Yeah, and especially, like, the reveal at the end where yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. it's oh. like, this wasn't actually that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you don't know what this movie's about, Inside Man is basically about a, it's basically a bank robbery film. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, these, a group of people go into a bank, they hold it down, they lock it up, and they basically say, you know, we want uh, our demands met. And if we don't, we're going to start killing people. 
um, and basically it kind of slowly unfolds to where it gets to Denzel and he's kind of like the hostage negotiator and basically it's kind of like, um, I feel like you're not really being truthful with us here. I don't think that these really are your demands. And he's mm-hmm. like, nope, those are my demands. And then he's like, I don't really know if those are your demands. And he's like, nah, they're pretty much my demands. And it's just, and it's just two hours of them going back and forth like that. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's basically what the movie's about. And it's, again, like, we'll, we'll kind of get more into, like, the unfolding of what happens because there is a deeper meaning to it. Mm-hmm. And there is more of a actual, like, puzzle being pieced together here. But... If you don't, if you've never seen it, then that's kind of like the general of it. That's the and that's the where point. I would want to leave you, and then you should go watch it, and then come back, and then listen to this, and then, and then watch and, it again. Yeah, and, and then, then eat a Toblerone, because <laughs> <laughs> you know triangular chocolate is better the tasting than square chocolate. Yeah, fuck square chocolate. Yeah, we're um, progressive. So overall, how'd you feel? Overall, I really liked it. It's a good it. movie. It's, it's, it's a, a cool decent. Movie. It's a decent Spike Lee film. Yeah, that's why. Like, it's it's one of those films where like again, like it kind of. It's slightly hard to, like, take notes for and, like, dissect because mm-hmm. you're really... Like, there's no, like, deep, deep meaning. Like, there's no metaphors to everything. No, no. So you're just kind of, like, watching and going along for the ride. Yeah. And you're kind of just solving the puzzle, like, as it goes. Right. Um, the one thing that was throwing me off a little bit was, like, the weird, like, color gradients for when they did yeah. kind of, like, the uh, the interrogations yeah. for certain people. That was throwing me off, one, and two... It was throwing me off because I was like, where where does this sit in the story? Because for a while, like until like probably an hour and 45 minutes in, uh, it's just kind of like thrown in like splashes. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. But it made me believe that like, you know, he was letting out a hostage every now and again. Oh, which, you're saying, yeah. Which I was then like, you're going to run out of hostages before you get your money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then... I did like this fun thing in my head while watching this movie where the voices were talking to me again. Ooh. No, like um I, I've I'm blending all of Denzel Washington's roles into one like cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like before this, like he he held up like the hospital trying to get like his son to have a heart transplant. Yeah, yeah. And then after doing so, he became a detective after serving his sentence. <laughs> And then after this, he retires and then becomes a drunk flight attendant who who drives the plane upside down. <laughs> and somewhere in there, like training day, too. <laughs> All right. So I, I had a fun time doing that. Um, yeah, I overall, I really this movie, again, is another film that I, I've, I used to like I used to really, really love like mm. way back in the day. Back in like 1842, when you were in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm glad to say that for the most part, I think it aged pretty well, and the story for the most part still holds up. And the unfolding of the puzzle, I still to this day really, really love. I enjoyed it. The only, you know, what I didn't like though was the opening music choice that Spike Lee chose. Yeah, and then it like really... he also like writes. It's like. I don't know if you noticed it, but in the opening credits, it literally says a Spike Lee joint. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's like very much just like, oh, shit, you know who <laughs> he is. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I just like nothing against like the music choice. It just didn't fit with this yeah. movie. But I did like the opening of um, yes. of him talking in his prison cell. Yes. Dalton. Quote. Yeah, and uh, air he's, quote. Yeah. Yeah, he's saying, like, you know, he's answering, like, the questions where he's like, well, you might ask, why am I doing this? 
because I simply can. Yeah. And that's like one of the coolest lines that you can say yeah. for something like this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and he's very, very like particular with like his word choices. And he's, yeah, I, I guess I would say that he actually is pretty intelligent. Like he, he is. He, he gets, he lets Denzel get a little too close to him. And he kind of like lets him infiltrate a little too much. But for the most part, he plays it almost perfectly. Yes. Uh, even so, like when they first like, like he brings in his men to like rob the bank mm-hmm. and he has like the ultraviolet like lights to yeah, like yeah, knock yeah. out the it's cameras. really cool, right? That's really cool. He's got everybody dressed up as like painters. So yeah. like it's very... No one's really questioning. Yeah, it's very inconspicuous. And then when he actually starts taking the hostages and he makes everybody start wearing the exact same jumpsuit. It's a very intelligent, intelligent bank heist. And I was like, why aren't more bank robbers doing this? (laughs) It's so (laughs) smart. No, it really is. And I also like his like, don't fuck with me kind of like attitude where like the phone, the phone scene is great. Yes, it is. It's very, very good. Um, basically, you know, he, he's like, all right, everybody give me your cell phones and your keys and all that. And then the one guy who works in the bank is like, I left my cell phone at home. So he has the brilliant idea of to just go through the sack of phones that he has. And he's like, I'm going to find your name. I'm going to find your name in someone's contact and I'm going to call it. So he's going through phone after phone, after phone, after phone. And he finally finds somebody who has his name, which it it makes sense because he's Mm. a bank. Like he's like, he works at the bank. So. It makes sense for, you know, another employee or something to have his phone number. And then when he finally finds it and he calls it and the phone goes off in the other room and you can just see like the... He like, just shits like, his pants. <laughs> like, like he closes his eyes and lets out that exhale on his shoulders just drop a little yeah. bit. Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he grabs him and brings him into that room and just beats the shit out of him. Yeah. And I really thought that he killed him right there. Yeah. Because it looked like he just straight up stomped him out. Yeah, yeah. But I guess not. He... He played, like, this very intelligent game, too, where it's, like, he never actually, like, hurt anybody. Yeah, I mean, like, even other the, than, the like, one, beating the shit out of this one guy. One guy like, that, you know, the one, like, the older gentleman that was having, like, the heart condition. Yeah. He, like, lets him out. Yeah. He realizes that, like, okay, this isn't, like, I don't want him to die, and also he's probably going to be an inconvenience to me. Yeah, and he lets the older woman out, too. Yeah. Because she won't take off her clothes. Right. So he just kind of, like... He just kind of, like, lets people go. And when you don't know exactly, like, what the plan is quite yet and you're just seeing this bank robbery happen, it's interesting. And you're kind of, like, a little confused as to, like, what exactly his plan is because clearly this isn't a normal bank robbery. Yeah, and I think it goes further, too, like, while halfway through the movie you kind of notice that like he never takes any of the money out of the vault. Yeah, like, he, he never... He's not interested in the money. He, yeah. This, he, is, this whole thing... Although there is the money aspect because he does end up stealing diamonds, Mm -hmm. but like the whole thing is almost done for blackmail purposes. Pretty much. Like I'm going to steal these diamonds and I have all of this evidence on you. So you can't really do anything about it. Yeah. And I'm not going to take any of the actual money. And it all has to do with the owner of the bank. Yeah. Arthur. Arthur. The only thing that they take from the bank Mm -hmm. is Arthur. Arthur's personal possessions. So those are his diamonds. They have like the ring that that is his. Um, and no, then, they like, don't even take. They don't the take ring. the ring, but he has the ring like in his safety deposit mm-hmm. box. And then he has um, some paperwork that has to do with World War Two. Yeah, and that's all they take. The entire uh, they they have they get the vault open. 
Yeah. And they're just using the the they're stacks of money for seats. Yeah, they're literally <laughs> sitting there. They're, they let the kid that's there with his dad, like, the kid can just sit there and play his PSP. Yeah. And, my God, what a weird fucking game. Like, it's, I... It's basically GTA. I, but I, like. Yeah, but I laughed so fucking hard when, like, he... Like, in the game, the he shoots the guy, and then he's switching between things, and he puts the grenade in his mouth, yeah. and just, like, that clunky <laughs> CGI walk away. Yeah. Um, that was really funny. But, yeah, so, ba- yeah, so it's interesting, though, because Arthur, Arthur plays an interesting, unique role in this movie. He does. And right from the get-go, I was almost like, he seems a little... Racist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> very racist. No, he seemed, like, way too, like, calm about the bank robbery and itself. Yeah. Like, he, he kind of, like, plays it off when his secretary first tells him. Right. But, like, then you kind of come to find out, like, how he got into power and, like, owned a bank. Right. And that's through blood money, mm-hmm. where he worked with the Nazis. Yeah. And weird... I mean, people, I guess, did that. <laughs> yeah, so basically, he worked with the Nazis, and then he kind of, like, found, like, a quick solution uh, when he was young to basically make a bunch of money working with the Nazis and giving them, like, intel and whatnot, and then he then took that money and basically, like, made his kind of fortune with it. Yeah. Uh, and he opened up a multitude of banks and some other things, and that's kind of, like, where it was, and then... Uh, what's his name found out and he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna rob him yeah. and i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna blackmail. blackmail his ass uh jodie foster in this movie is, is really good i she like is. i like her character of like this kind of like no nonsense don't fuck with me i'm i am like one it's like yeah it's like women power to the ninth degree you know it's just like i am the ultimate bad bitch yeah but <laughs> as i was watching it, i was like damn like she's a really cool character but what the fuck does she do because she like it kind of gives you no insight of, like, what her job is. Yeah, and that, just, I think that's kind of the point, though, because, like, you're not really supposed to know mm-hmm. what she is unless you absolutely need her. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you only know of her if you if if you know of her. Yeah. It's like one of those it's like one of those characters where it's like she kind of is a very she she's a negotiator sort of. Mm-hmm. But she's not really a cop and she's not really um she has nothing to do with the actual bank itself. She's just a woman who can basically get you what you want and be very discreet about it. Yeah. And I was honestly like on eggshells when like they were like send her in to talk to yeah. Dalton. Yeah. Cause I was like, and then even too like later on when Keith, like detective Keith Frazier goes in too, yeah. it was crazy. Cause like in a normal bank robbery, you would never go in there. Cause then you would just be held hostage as well. Right. But Dalton honestly like just kind of like talks to them and then lets them go right out the door again. Yeah. And he has like such a weird way of doing this. Yeah. That I I found myself like really intrigued by like how he's working. Right. It's interesting. I like I also really like the um when when they well a I how it was it was a very smart thing that they bugged that little uh, yes, case. the pizza that was oh, cool. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then he was listening to them the entire time, and he was like one step ahead of them the whole way because he knew it was exactly what they were planning on doing. Yeah. Meanwhile, and, at the same time, they like Dalton asked for like food for him. They sent pizza and had like 
a chip in the little... And he already knew. Yeah, and, and he just started playing, like... Russian the, or no, Albanian. Albanian president speeches. Yeah. <laughs> and how funny was that, though? And they were like, does anybody know what this what this language is? This yes. guy's like, yeah, it's Albanian. And he, like, brings them in. He's like, what are they saying? He's like, I don't know. I he's never like, told... what do you mean? He's like, he's like, you said you speak Albanian. He's like, no. He's like, I said I know what it is. He's like, I, I don't speak it. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, I, I used to be married to a woman who was Albanian. <laughs> and it's like, like, you well, got a call. He's like, are you kidding me? I hate that bitch. <laughs> like, oh, my friends are never going to let me hear the end of this. It's just a stereotypical, yeah. like, Brooklyn guy. <laughs> yeah, but it was funny. And then she comes in, and it's a very kind of, like, cliche movie trope where it's like she comes in, and she's wearing, like, the skimpiest outfit, mm-hmm. and she's smoking, mm-hmm. and she has, like, the... The bag full of fucking parking uh, tickets. Yeah, and it's like take care of these. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'll help you if you help me, kind of. Yeah. Oh man, it was it was great. That was funny. That kid was a shithead though. What kid? The the kid when um playing the PlayStation. Yeah, playing the PSP. Why? Because he was just like going off. Was like, yeah, you guys are badass. Like, you know, you gotta all you gotta do is just make money and kill. Yeah, he, yeah. He's and he's like, like, he's like I respect the hustle, kind of. Yeah. He's like, he's like, y'all gotta make money too. He's like, I would, I would do the same thing. And I was like, you and, and, you and need to have a talk with your dad. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to play this and game even, anymore. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what he says. He tells yeah. him, and then he also tells him he. Uh, yeah, he kind of like he he almost tries to play like a like a slight little uh, father figure with him, sorta. Where just he's for like, a second. Yeah, and he's just kind of like like this isn't you know this isn't like the way that you should go about life, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And then they have a dog day afternoon reference yeah, too. They do. That was fun. Yeah. Well, then, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say like when when Fraser actually goes in there to like try and talk to Dalton, then mm-hmm. like this was a really cool scene when he's checking just to make sure that all the hostages are fine and then kind of like goes through and is trying to like antagonize him a little bit just to see like poke at him Mm -hmm. to see what he's willing to do yeah and then he tackles him like right before leaving yeah and he puts the gun to him but he never like shoots him or anything he still just lets him like walk out right and but he gives him the warning and he was like he does he was like i don't know i don't remember exactly what he says do you but he basically just kind of tells him like you fucked up like i'm gonna uh like your actions are now going to like cause something to happen here yeah, and um, and and it does, and you know, I mean, he he basically tells him like, hey, do you have like camera? Do you have like eyes on camera? Whatever, five, and he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like, zoom in on it, and then you see a fucking execution happen. Yes, and there's a person standing there with like a white uh sheet over their head, and Dalton just fucking pu- pu- pulls the uh the pistol out, and he blows the back of the dude's head out. Yeah, and that was it, and then now. Everything Shit becomes, just got real. Yeah, and at this point, Frazier's taken off the case. Yeah. But he was never really, like, supposed to be on it anyways. It was just that, like, some guy was sick, so he filled in. Right. Which, I don't know, like, they never really went into detail, because, like, he's kind of in the doghouse, but he's still a good detective. Well, because Dalton, I mean, um, Frazier's kind of, he, we, we kind of actually missed the whole point of, he's also kind of, like, under... Um, the eye of the law right now because of the simple fact that there, there was I think it was like 175 grand went missing. Yeah. In um 
and like cocaine or something like it was like evidence that that they that has now gone missing yeah and he was in charge of the case so yeah. it's kind of like oh he eyes took are on it. you for it yeah and now he so he's kind of like in the doghouse but they also kind of just like throw him the bone of like hey man like you this is your opportunity to like let some like let something happen like you know figure it out figure out try to try to get this bank robbery under control yeah and i and boy oh boy does he not no and then <laughs> as soon as like the the person is gunned down yeah, I immediately hated that scene where it's like he's almost like on a, a fucking oh, moped. It's like a weird. Yeah. It's a weird. Ca- I mean, some there there are directors who have done it, and it's definitely been done better. Um, but it just sem- it seems so out of place for this movie. Yeah, it, it almost just feels like Spike Lee was like, "Hey, I just learned this new camera trick. <laughs> I got to figure a way of how to get it. <laughs> I just need to put it in somehow." Yeah. So I, I was I was also not a real big fan of it. But yeah, so I really like, though, when the SWAT team kind of comes in and they're, yes. like, going over all of the different scenarios of, like, how they're going to go in and take them out. And they're playing all the situations out. And you're watching, like, the gun battle between the bank robbers and the SWAT team and, mm-hmm. like, how it's going to play out. I thought that was kind of, like, a fun little uh, – because for a second, you're like, wait a minute, are they storming in right now? But then it's like, oh, no, this is all just, like, in their head, like, what's going to happen? And I appreciated the visual. Yeah. Of showing you opposed to them just saying, like, if we go in there, then, then this is going to happen. If we go in there, then this could possibly happen. And they're actually giving you, like, visual of it. Yeah. I and appreciate I, that. I really like, too, like, that that very cliche, like, bank robbery type thing where it's, like, Dalton pulls out the gun and everybody mows him down inside the vault and yeah. the money goes flying. Like, yeah. that was really cool. It's a little tongue in cheek. It was. Like, yeah. But you know what? It's it's a throwback to movies that have done it. So, right. like, I, I thought it was a nice kind of, like, nod to yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it. Um but yeah, and then I mean, the end of the movie, sort of, where you kind of realize, like, all right, this is what they're doing. And I, actually, before we get to the end, though, you kind of start seeing how Dalton is running this by he has like his own one of the women that is working with him. Mm-hmm. He has her like he like takes her out of the room. Yeah, and she's like freaking out, and then she's like giving him the gun, and then she's like you know, giving him all the stuff and then she's putting the hood overhead and the mask like everybody else has. And, and like, as they're kind of like role playing this, like she's like scared and screaming and like, Oh my God, like, please don't touch me. And the guy's like, shut up, bitch. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then he throws her in. So it's, it was a very smart thing that he was doing because again, everybody looks the same. Everybody yeah. right now has these like jumpsuits on these and these masks. So when it does come down to the interrogation scenes, there's always somebody that can verify, like, oh, no, I saw her sitting with us in the hostage room. So if anybody could argue with the simple fact, like, I think she was one of the robbers all of a sudden, then it's like, but there's four other people that said that she was, like, a hostage. Yeah, which is incredibly smart. It was very, smart. very smart. It was incredibly smart. And then, I don't know, I thought it was weird that all of them had, like, a variation of Steve. Yeah, that was like name. how they that's how they called each other just to like keep it as it's kinda like reservoir dogs where it's like we have like yeah. our code name sort yeah, of. Yeah, Mr. White, Mr. Pink, yeah, but Mr. everyone Blue. was just Steve, Steve O, Steven, Ty Stevie type things. Yeah. Um uh, but it it was incredibly smart. Yeah. And then like, you know, when they go in and they kinda like blow open the front door and everybody rushes out. Yeah. And you don't know who the fuck is anybody at this point. No. And I thought that that was an incredibly smart way where you really can't interrogate everybody. You can interrogate, but you can't really, like, point the finger and say, hey, 
we know that you were the one. And Denzel is trying so hard. He is. He's he, like, oh, you know what an AK-47 is? You know what this is? And he's like, how do you know what that is? And the guy's like, anybody who's seen a good action movie knows what an AK-47 is. And, yeah. But it's just like, they're just blindly kind of just trying to lead this somewhere. And they have nothing. Yeah. Because they even get to the point where they're like, yeah, we have fingerprints. We have all this video evidence. We have this. We have that. But... It doesn't prove anything. It just proves that these people were here. Yeah. We haven't we don't know who they were. And then you come to find out because once they once um you cuz basically like the reason as to why the bank robbers let everybody out is because SWAT team was coming in. Mm-hmm. And the last thing Dalton wanted was people to get shot up. Yeah. So he releases everybody, SWAT team runs in and there's nothing. Nobody's in there. Yeah. They're trying to find the body that was executed. They can't find the body. Yeah, and then you come to find out that they just had, like, this white rag with, like, a syringe that kind of, like, shot out blood. So right. he never even executed he, anyone. There was, it wasn't a real execution. The guns that they had were toys. Yeah. They were toy guns. <laughs> they, weren't, it were, they weren't even real guns that weren't loaded. They were literally plastic guns. Yeah. So the whole thing was just a facade. Yeah. And basically everybody is accounted for except for Dalton. Everybody, all the people that, that he was robbing with, they're all out there getting interrogated, whatever, but nobody gets committed, but nobody knows where Dalton is. And throughout the bank robbery, you're seeing slowly these people are like digging a hole mm-hmm. and getting a little bit further and getting a little bit further and getting a little bit further. And that's why he was kind of like kind of leading them on for so long was because he was just trying to drag out because he was basically like, we need to b- dig this hole. We need as much time as we can. Yeah. And they created this whole elaborate thing where they dug this hole and then created a fake wall. Yeah. And put Dalton in the hole behind this fake wall in like a storage room. And he's basically just kind of stays there for like a week. And he's just sitting yeah. back there waiting. Until the right time. Until, yeah, until the right time. And, uh, and then after like a week or so... After everything's kind of calmed down, the interrogations are over, they have nobody is arrested. He basically tells him exactly what he said he was going to do in the beginning when he was like, I'm going to just walk out that door when I'm ready. Yeah. And he did. And he did. And he had the diamonds with him and he's just sitting in there and uh, he fucking bumps into Frazier. He bumps into Frazier. Excuse me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. My problem. Puts a diamond in his his pocket because like while Frazier was in there, they had like this whole conversation about like. You know how his girlfriend wanted to get married, yeah, and he was like, "It's not ready yet. Like, I don't have enough money for it." Yeah, and he, like, Dalton even says, "Like, do you love her?" He's like, "Yes, I love her." Then money doesn't mean anything, right? Um, so he almost like helps him out, sort of. But then even like <laughs> Denzel even kind of plays it off, where he's like, "Thank you, bank robber. <laughs> like, Let's go have a beer outside." And blah blah blah. blah. Um, but yeah, and then he just walks out and he gets in the car and they take off and. It's a rare occasion when the bad guy, air quotations, bad guy mm-hmm. wins. Yeah, because he goes on to say, too, is like, by no means should anybody think that I'm a martyr. I truly was in it for the money. Yeah. But he does go on to say, like, how corrupt everything is, and he wanted to make a statement. Yeah. And fuck, he did. Yeah. Because then Frazier ends up getting the necessary, like, tools to kind of go after Arthur at this point. Right. And then he brings it to the mayor, who I'm sure has like some play in it as yeah. well. And then kind of goes off to, to White as well. Mm-hmm. And it all, like, the movie ends with you not knowing like what happens to it, but you kind of get the understanding that Frazier's not going to let this go. And then right. And just... then also Frazier realizes that 
he walked right past him. Yes. And that's kind of a fun little like realization moment where he's just like, son of a bitch. Yeah, like he got, he got me and I'll never know what he looks like now. <laughs> it's so like imagine being in Denzel's shoes where you're just like the whole movie, like you just want to get him, you want to get him, you're interrogating all these people, and he literally walked right by you and bumped into you. And you had no idea. And yeah. <laughs> now he's gone forever. Exactly. And it's it's really cool. And then you had like almost this kind of like 50s like crime movie ending to it it's kind of like noir yeah yeah very noir ending to it um where he goes and like sees his girlfriend and like she's in the lingerie and like yeah she takes his hat and like she's just twirling it on like her foot where it's like come to bed and like you get that saxophone playing at the end yeah, it was a cool end. It was a fine a, ending. Yeah. yeah, and then you go right back to the weird music for like the credits, and I was like, this. "Yeah, again, Spike Lee, man." Yeah. But overall, again, I don't love Spike Lee films, but out of out of most of his movies, this is at least like the most fun one. Yeah, it I is. think like this is this is a like I have a good time watching this movie, um, and and again like unfolding the puzzle pieces of everything and and having re- having the realization that the whole thing was a big elaborate lie, and mm-hmm. I think like watching it for the first time. It's like a fun, like, oh my God, this is like crazy. Yeah. It, that's why like while watching it, like as everything's unfolding, it's just like shit. Like, yeah, it is. This is good. Because I went in thinking like, oh, it's going to be like a normal bank robbery movie. And right. then there's this whole other aspect of yeah. like how smart and intelligent this man is. Yeah. So overall, I really enjoyed yeah. this movie. Seven out of ten. Eight out of nine all right <laughs> uh you got a recommendation it. oh yeah i totally forgot that i created a segment yes um, i also have a new segment that i want to add oh, no. the show. <laughs> all right well uh, i have a fourth segment now yes i have a fourth <laughs> segment where i have a fifth segment where we just stab each other for each episode that we pick <laughs> all right <laughs> one uh, whole per episode <laughs> <laughs> now we're uh, going. I have a book recommendation. Ooh. Uh, earlier last year, I read a book called The Butchering Art. And basically, it's written by Lindsay Fitzharris. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is basically about how modern medicine became modern medicine and all the trial and error that it took place. And it follows one character, and it's absolutely insane Mm -hmm. i mean the book is apps like the stories that are being said about how surgery used to be done prior to anesthetics prior to what prior to even us understanding what germs were Mm -hmm. and apparently like there are some great stories of how um apparently surgery used to actually be like a show like somebody needed their leg amputated and there, they would literally gather people in almost like a coliseum type style, like theater, yeah. where everybody would be surrounded in like this amphitheater, sitting in seats, and they would wheel out the patient, and they would just start performing surgery, and people would like make bets <laughs> as like if this guy's gonna <laughs> live gonna or live. not, <laughs> and um, and then there was like this one guy who was so like he was like kind of known as like I don't remember exactly what his name was, but he was known as like being the fastest surgeon like in the world and he he like amputated a guy's leg and sewed it up and stitched it up and all that and i think it was all done under 45 seconds mm-hmm. like imagine cutting off somebody's leg stitching it back together 
and calling it a day in 45 seconds. Like, all right, we did it. It's done. I remember you telling me yeah, about that. It's a really, really, really interesting book, and it's got really, really great, like, just history to it and learning about how we come to modern medicine. Um, but it's also just absolutely insane as, like, how we used to think of germs and just how we used to think of the human body and, like, what it would react to and whatnot. Um She's coming out with another book about plastic surgery, mm-hmm. about how plastic surgery became a thing, and apparently that has to do with actually like World War One. I, I think it's either World War One or World War Two, and it was all plastic surgery was actually initially invented for war veterans and like how to fix them, like if they had like you know battle scars and you know whatever, if they got their face blown off, like how can we fix this and make him look normal? Mm-hmm. And like where now plastic surgery has turned into. Uh, yeah, she's just a really really interesting. She has like some very very interesting points that are being made and uh she shows you interesting things in history that you wouldn't really think about unless it's really kind of brought to your attention uh so it's a very very fun read and if you like gruesome gory gory stories then you're gonna get that too because she doesn't hold back with like the details cool yeah it's a very very good book what's your segment I would, the stabbing thing. Oh, well. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually have anything. Oh, okay. uh, and that's it. So Zach, take us out, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, why can we roll the credits? Because we can.